Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So today we're going to talk about the shepherd's story, and we're going to look at Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 8. I'm going to read you the context of the story, and then uh, share a little bit about shepherds, okay, and what does their story mean. So in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and verse 8, I'm just going to read the, the whole thing here to you. It's, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them and said, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing which has happened that the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said about to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now, I could preach about 15 to 20 different messages from what I just read right there. Numbers of stuff goes off in my mind. I don't know about you, one angel would have been enough. The host of heaven, the armies of the Lord that joining together, I guess in, you know, four-part harmony, I don't know what they were doing. Like, there's the tenor angels, the, you know, whatever, they all get together and sing, you know, it just reads as if the shepherds just were like, go check this out. I don't think that was exactly how it went. I believe that might have been a, a moment, you know, like, did that just happen? You know, and then the other thing is about this is I find interesting is that it's shepherds. The thing about the shepherd story is these, these guys that the, the, the angels showed up to see, they didn't show up at the palace. They didn't show up at the, the businessmen's meeting. At the Fortune 500 event? No, they showed up on the backside of a hill with a bunch of shepherds where no one else could see it and depended upon the shepherds to express this message of the birth of Jesus to everybody. (laughs) Would you have picked shepherds? I wouldn't have. I'd have thought about somebody else who's got the most followers on TikTok. Let's use them. I mean, you know, they they probably could help us out. Shepherds, they don't even use a smartphone. They, they, They got a shepherd staff. Now, if you don't know much about shepherding, it's not a common vocation around here. I don't know that anybody's a true, you know, last time you talked to anybody like, yo, what do you do? Oh, I'm a shepherd. I don't think there's a lot of that going on around Rome, Georgia, you know. But you do live in a kind of a rural community where you do see farming life. You do see a lot of, you know, cattle. If you go by Berry College, you've seen plenty of the cows, you know. We got drive by there, and if it's quiet in the car, Piper will almost freak you out because she just screams out. I can't do it. Like, it, you just, 
Fiber, what? It's just a cow. But for her, it's like, the, you know, it's the big deal, right? But shepherds, you know, their job wasn't the most glorious thing. Where you live, I live out next to a cattle farmer, right? Then down the road, I got some other kind of farming going on, agricultural and different things like that. But if you get around livestock at any, with it, just in with 100 feet of livestock, real live, I'm not talking about you got two or three chickens. I mean, like, Farms where there's chicken farms, chicken houses, like big chicken houses. You drive by, what do you smell? It's like, man, and you got to live beside that? When people come over to our house, hey, would always be careful to say, especially on days like this when you drive through. It's like, I felt like the twilight zone, man, all this fog. Driving in and stuff, and, and Haley was always careful when people come to our house because if it's like this day where it's muggy and kind of foggy and it's like been raining, kind of damp feeling, next door, the cattle, there's like hundreds of like cows beside us, right? She's always careful to say, it's not our house that you smell. It's just not. They'll bring in loads of like chicken manure and dump it out. And it's just, you got cows and their stench plus chicken stench, you know, and it it combines to create this ungodly concoction. It's just awful. And you have to tell people, like, you know, it's not us. You know, you burn all the candles you can. But I'm telling you, all the candles at Pottery Barn and, and, and the Bath and Body Works bombs can't get rid of that smell. It's awful. And you can imagine if you were a shepherd. Now, the guy next door to me, he drives a tractor and feeds these cows. He doesn't have to get out of the tractor. He's got air conditioning, radio, and all that kind of stuff. These guys don't have that. You're walking out through the fields taking care of shepherds. Not only do you take care, or take care of the sheep, you got all this stuff going on. And then you don't have really boots. You know, sandals are kind of the primary shoe of the day. And occasionally, it's bound to happen. If you've ever been on a farm, you've done this before. I'm not trying to be gross, but I grew up near one. And so when you're out in the pasture, you're running through, you're thinking as a kid, oh, you know, you're like dodging stuff. You know, occasionally you slip and like, oh, man. Are you living in one of these nice little subdivisions? That everybody's supposed to do the right thing with their dog. I lived in a subdivision. I hated it. This lady would always stop her dog in front of my yard. I just laid fresh sod. I got so mad. I wanted to stick a sign in the front. I said, don't stop your dog here. He was like, you can't do that. That's so rude. You can't. I'm like, the dog is on my lawn, baby. It's awful because when you step in it, it's just gross. Imagine with sandals. Now, I'm laying all that out. You're like, what does this have to do with the shepherds? Because that was their vocation. They were not viewed as just the major guys in town. These are shepherds. They come into town once a year, bringing the Passover lambs. I mean, all for the most part, they just were not considered important people. We get a couple of thoughts about these shepherds, and then I want to I want to give you some of their story. But it's important to understand who God chose, and just think about that as we talk. But shepherds are considered unimportant. This is in Samuel. This is talking about this is David, the guy after God's own heart, right? So <clears throat> Samuel's asking about the new king. Where's all these sons of Jesse and Samuel asked, and this is First Samuel 16, he said, then Samuel asked, are these all the sons that you have? Well, there is still the youngest, Jesse said, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. He, didn't, he did not even refer to David by his name. He's the youngest, he's out there taking care of the sheep and the goats. It doesn't matter, he's just out there somewhere. This is the guys you want. These are the, his own dad didn't really even acknowledge Shepherds were looked down upon. They, they, they were considered unimportant. They were looked down upon. This is in 1 Samuel 17. This is when David's going out to fight Goliath. Well, I heard this story and read it before. 
But it says when David, this first Samuel 17, but when David, oldest, his oldest brother Eliab, heard David talking to the men about fighting Goliath, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those, watch this, those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. Now, this guy, this is what we call, we got this from Dr. Morgan. Like He used to say this, and I, I told Haley, I said, this is my new phrase for 2020. I'm just staying out of stuff that ain't my stuff. He calls it homemade trouble. You know, you ever heard of this homemade trouble? Homemade trouble is when it's not anything to do with you. Your name wasn't inserted in the conversation, but you decide I'm going to step in it anyway. <laughs> Give my opinion, right? Homemade trouble. Now you're in it and you don't, I, I didn't, oh, you got yourself in a mess. Eliab was that way. He was on the line. He had. Not, he was not in the conversation. Dave was talking to Saul. Eliab come busting in like, who do you think you are? You're just some little peeny shepherd. You're supposed to be on the backside over there. You know, you, you're taking care of those few sheep. They're looked down upon. And then they also don't get replays. Now, I said this because of the NFL. Uh, you, you'll get this when I, when I say this. 1 Samuel 17, verse 33. Listen to this. They don't, they don't get any highlight reels, you know. Don't be ridiculous, Saul said. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. Watch this, man. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He never looked at taking care of sheep and goats as a menial task or something that was beneath or something that was a lowly. He considered it an honor. He said, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He didn't say a few or a little or those little, you know, sheep on the backside of the mountain. He said, no, it's my responsibility. And he said, when a lion or a bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from his mouth. And if the animal turns on me, like, you know, bears and lions, you know, just saying, David. But, you know, young boys do crazy stuff. Just ask them. When, ask somebody older. When they're younger, they don't think it's crazy. It's just normal. When you get older, you ask somebody that's older, what, did you do anything stupid? Yes, I did. You ever chase a lion? Never saw one. Chase a bear? No, but did other stuff. Just as stupid. So when it turned back on you, like, whoa, now what? Everything was cool when he was running. He says, I club him. What? I catch him by the jaw and I club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented and said, go ahead then. May the Lord be with you. I think he was saying, fine, get out of my face. You know what, he's going to kill you, but let the Lord be with you. You know, the whole thing, right? Just whatever, just get out of my face. Here, what I, what I want you to see from this is this. No one saw him clubbing a lion or a bear. Today, one guy catches, and it's amazing, you know, they catch one thing with their finger, you know, a football with their finger. It, it gets played a million times over, right? Highlight reels. Everybody sees that. No one saw him and what he was doing on the backside of this hilltop. But he was clubbing lions by the jawbone, man. So I wanted you to see this first because you need to understand something about shepherds. And why did God pick shepherds? God cares so much about sheep. He cares so much about sheep. And in case you didn't know that, that's us. Like you might want to look at the person next to you right now and just kind of <laughs> wink at them and say, you know, you're a sheep. Don't bad them because that might get weird. But just tell them like, you know, 
you're a sheep. And see if they like look at you kind of like, I don't get it. Because, see, we don't even like to admit this, but you know that God named us. Like He refers to us in the Bible so many times as sheep. Do you know they are about the dumbest animal on the planet? Maybe outside of a squirrel. On the way over here, Julia Kate was asking me, like, Daddy, why is there so many squirrels dead on the side of the road? I was like, oh, they're just unintelligent. They, they, they just not very smart. They just see a car, and I, I don't know if they, it's like Froggery, man. I don't know, you know, y'all remember back in the 80s, y'all, I don't know if it's back or not anyway. But Frog, you know, it's like, you just, I got to see if I can make it. I got to see if I can make it. And, you know, they make you almost have a wreck. Squirrels are stupid. But I think sheep, God calls us sheep, and they're just a little less on the level of intelligence than a squirrel. How does that make you feel right now? If you're watching at home right now, what is going through your mind that God would call you an unintelligent animal like a sheep? You could get defensive about it, you could get upset about it, or you could embrace the fact that there's a reason why he does it. That a sheep or a flock of sheep has someone in their midst that watches over them, that cares for them, that nourishes them, protects them, and that's the shepherd. And that's why Jesus is called the good shepherd. So while we're in here this morning, I'm going to give you a couple of verses, but I want you to think about this for a minute. Why did God pick shepherds to give this great story about the birth of Jesus? Because God loves sheep. Now, in John 10, it says this about Jesus, that I am the good shepherd. Watch this. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my father knows me, and I know the father. Guys, that's a relationship right there. He is saying that I know my sheep as well as my father knows me. That's how I know you. Man, that is good right there. That's better than you thought it was, and it's better than what you're thinking right now online, that God, that Jesus would say to you, he knows you so well. His relationship with you is so secure. He knows you as well as God the Father knows him. That is a tight relationship. And he says this, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. We oftentimes look at Jesus as the lamb, and he is the lamb. He's the lamb of the world. He's the lamb of God that took the sins of the world. But he's also a shepherd. He, he's, he's multifaceted when it comes to these kinds of things. He's a, he's a good shepherd. And yes, he did take our sins as the lamb of God. But he's first and foremost, he's also a shepherd. And he loves you and he cares for you. And the, the reality is that God loves sheep. So what did he do? He gave us a good shepherd. The scriptures say this about, about the Lord. I'm going to read this to you from Isaiah <clears throat> But Isaiah chapter 53, this is talking about Jesus. He said, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. And we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses or our diseases that he carried. It was our pains, one translates to sorrows, but it's pains that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, watch this, like what? Have gone astray. We have all left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord, instead of laying the sins of ourselves on us, he turned and he laid the sins of us on 
him. A shepherd is willing to, for their, they give their life for the sheep. I mean, you don't get out there as a boy and club a lion. I don't know what kind of incentive David had. You know, I mean, how much is a sheep worth? I don't know. But apparently for him, he was willing to go before a bear and a lion to defend them. Jesus gave his life for you because he's a good shepherd. He loves you. And even though he calls us sheep, and you might not like that, (laughs) he loves you because he's a good shepherd. Here's another thing real quick about shepherds. God gives you shepherds. So in other words, he loves you. So you have Jesus, which is a high shepherd. Then you have pastors. Now, I'm not saying me. God gives you overseers, elders, pastors, bishops, whatever you want to call it, all the different names we have, these kind of things, right? And what do they do? God loves you so much. Watch this. This is what it says in Acts, Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. He says, so guard yourselves with God's people, talking to pastors. Feed and shepherd God's what? Flock. He calls us a flock. That's so weird to me sometimes. But it's his church purchased with his own blood over which the Holy Spirit has made you an elder or an overseer. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves come in and among you and and after I leave and not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. He's telling us right now the same way that a wolf would come in physically to a sheepfold. He's saying spiritually God gives you shepherds to do the same thing. What do you do? Jesus gives his life for you. God gives you pastors and elders and other leaders around your life for what? To protect, to watch over, to guard. The same thing. Because he cares about you. He cares deeply for you and your well-being. And he says in Jeremiah 3.15, he says, I'll give you shepherds after my own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. Now, David was a man after God's own heart, but he was not perfect. We need to know that, right? But listen to this. If you have a knowledge of God... With understanding, it empowers the relationship. It's not enough just to have a bunch of knowledge. We have plenty of knowledge today. You can Google anything. I can be preaching. You can Google to see if what I'm quoting you is true right this second. You can have it faster than I can finish speaking it. But it's not just knowledge. It's an understanding of what God said. It is to be able to understand what Jesus says and then know how to use it in our lives. So God gives us shepherds. And I think the reason for it is this, couple of thoughts. Why? Again, we're sheep. I'm also a sheep. Even though I'm a pastor, I'm still a sheep. I have people in my life that help me too. Why do we need it? Because shepherds lead in God. Why do we need that? Because when you're going through crazy years like this, it helps to hear people say, hey, you know what? It's going to be all right. We're going to make it. It's going to be okay. Hear Gigi's story and hear, he looks at the situation and says, man, you know what? We need to love everybody. Can't get more Christ-like than that, you know? We're supposed to lead in God. What else do we do? Care for sheep. We watch over one another, right? If I'm a friend, if I'm a real shepherd, if I care for you, and I see something coming in the back door, I ain't going to sit there and watch like I'm watching TV going like, yeah, when are they going to make it? You know, like any minute now, they gonna, it's going to ah! Oh, man, that's too bad, like. It's like watching National Geographic. It's just too bad, man. Wow, the little gazelle didn't make it. It's not like that in real life. If I see something coming after you, I'm supposed to come beside you and say, hey, watch out for this. Do you see this? Watch out. Because as a sheep, I'm prone to this. You're prone to this. Sometimes sheep don't really watch what's going on. They chew a bunch of grass. And you get near them, they do like this. And they go back to chewing grass. They're kind of... Skittish little things, man. They're, they're kind of 
fearful, frightful. Like if you get near like that, man, they're like, ah! you know, they just, they, have you ever seen them? They're, they're weird animals. They're very strange. They're, and yet that's what God calls us. Is it any wonder that we're moved so easily by what happens around us? So God says, look, man, here's what you do. Colossians 1.28, he says, we tell others about Christ, warning everyone everywhere and teaching everyone with all the wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect, character, moral, and they're mature in the relationship with Christ. Not perfect as in we got it all together, but our character, our moral, and our maturity in their relationship to Christ. That's what we want to do. Because as a sheep, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. This is why Jesus is so important. When you come before the Lord as a sheep, there is an inspection process. In the Bible, you didn't allow one of the sheep to come into the next phase of you know, their life or whatever and before the priest if there wasn't an inspection. They check them out. Do they qualify? The good news is this, because of Jesus, we qualify. And he looks at you and says, look, that's my sheep. No matter what they find, no matter how, well, yeah, well, this one's got a floppy ear. You know, he ain't no good. Jesus says, that's my sheep. Floppy ear and all. I love them anyway. That's my sheep. I gave my life for them. It's my sheep. Don't mess with my sheep. He's my sheep. One other thing right here, and then I'm going to move on from this, is this, is that we protect the sheep. And this, this is very interesting. Again, I don't know how you like this, but we are sheep. In John 10, 12, he said this. He said, a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. So the wolf attacks him and scatters the flock. A hired hand runs away because he's working only for money, doesn't really care about sheep. Jesus never ran away because he's not a hired hand. He gave his life for us because you are his sheep. The last thing I want to say to that is this, that he is your shepherd. He's our shepherd. So before I close out today, I'll read for you this from John 10, <clears throat> verse 1 through 10. It's one of the best passages I can give you about being a relationship between a sheep and a shepherd. Because this is, I've seen this in Israel, it's, it's really kind of crazy to watch. Because in our world, we have fences, right? You put your livestock in a fence so they don't get out. Over there, they have pastures that... They just roam around and they actually do exactly what I'm about to read to you here. No electric fencing, <laughs> no gates. There's little pins occasionally, but there's wide open pastures. In John 10 verse 1, it says this. He said, I tell you the truth, that anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper, watch this, opens the gate for him. And the sheep, watch, recognize his voice. And they come to him. Are you thinking about Jesus in you? He calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, not with them, not behind them. He's willing to take the first hit if necessary. He walks in front of them. And he says, they follow him because, watch this, they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. And those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. Now, what does that tell you? 
unintelligent. How many times have you read where Jesus had to say it again and again? How long have I been with you that I have to tell you this again? And when he got them to the, themselves, the disciples didn't want to ask him public anymore because it's kind of embarrassing. Could you tell us that story one more time? You know, Jesus, it was like emoji, like, give me a break, sheep. He said, look, <clears throat> I tell you the truth, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep didn't listen to them. Yes, I'm the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich and a satisfying life. That's the good shepherd. So when you look around at different things and you see a bunch of killing and destroying and thieving and everything else going on, you can bet 100% on it. That's not Jesus. That's not him. If it's stuff that's causing pain and hurting people, that's not the Lord. But if you see stuff giving things to life to things, it very well could be that the Lord is behind some of that. But I know one thing is true. I know it's in all the different things. We, we, we see this and stuff. But if it's, if it's destruction, that's not the Lord. If it's, if it's pain in people's lives, that's not God. If it's, if it's, if it's hurt, if it's theft, or if it's, it's stealing something, if it's killing something, that's not Jesus. Because the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He'll club a bear if he has to. He'll grab a lion by the nap. If he's got to, he will do whatever he's got to do to protect his sheep. Because that's how good he is. So today as we close, I want you to think about this verse of scripture that we all have heard. It's probably in some of your hallways of your homes. But I bet you, you don't think about it as often in the light that I'm about to tell you right now. After hearing all these things about sheep and shepherds, Psalm 23 says what? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. And what does he do? He leads me beside the peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even though when I walk through the darkest valley and as a sheep, I get a little scared. I know that I will not be afraid, for my shepherd is close beside me. For your rod and your staff, they watch. They protect and they comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies, and you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings, and surely your goodness and your mercy and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. When you say, when you read that verse, I pray that you never read it again the same way, that you understand that he's your shepherd, and you are a sheep, <laughs> frustrating as it might sound sometimes. But he'll lead and guide you through the darkest valley. He'll help you get through it. He'll comfort you, give you what you need in the process. So I don't know what you might be dealing with right now, but I want to pray for you. And I'll pray for all of you watching right now at home or online or in the car, wherever you're at, maybe at work or on a break or something. But I just want to pray for you right now today about this because I know that, man, we get towards the end of the year and there's so many things that go through everybody's minds. And can't help but this year know there's probably a little bit of tension or stress or some anxiety going on. So I just want to pray for you right now. Would you just close your eyes and bow your head with me? There at home as well, would you just take a moment before the Lord and just close your eyes and, and just in reverence to God just for one minute here. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today and we acknowledge that you are our shepherd. That, Lord, no matter what we face, no matter what we see, dear Jesus, you are a good shepherd. Lord, that if it's stuff that's caused pain and hurt and harm, it's stolen from us, it's uh, killed or it's destroyed anything, Lord, it's not of you. And so we thank you, God, that we can trust you to be good and do good and teach us your word. Father, I pray for every person listening right now in this room, online, watching the broadcast. God, I pray for peace in their lives. There's some in here this morning or some watching online right now, Lord, they're walking through a dark valley. They're, they feel like all they can see is the darkness on either side. But I pray you would remind them today that you are with them, that you've never left them, you've never forsaken them. You will guide them through the darkest valley. So in Jesus' name, I pray against any kind of anxiety or depression or anything that comes about during this season. In the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, to intervene and bring your peace that fills every home, the peace of God that passes all understanding in the name of Jesus. And I pray today, if there's anybody watching or in this room that doesn't know you today, I pray that they would receive you as their Savior. While your eyes are closed, and just for a moment right here, I'm going to pray a prayer with you. The Bible says this, if you want to receive Jesus, it's very simple. You don't have to do a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's a simple thing. If you believe with your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now in this room and online. If you're watching by broadcast, just pray along with me or you can pray after me. Something to this effect. You say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my destiny. All of my desires I give to you. I pray, Jesus, that you would forgive me and cleanse me. I receive you as my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Man, we pray that prayer. We're so proud of you right now. If you prayed that, come on, give me a hand, would you, church? So proud of you. Listen, if you're watching on broadcast right now, there's a little screen that's going to pop up right there. Some of our pastors are online right now. would love to minister with you, pray with you. If there's anything you specifically need prayer about, you can click on that right there or just type that into your browser. They would love to follow up with you, help you get started walking with Christ, give you some materials to help you in your next steps towards Jesus. As far as salvation is concerned, man, you're saved. You're saved. You're saved. You can tell everybody, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. And don't let anybody talk you out of it. But you need some help walking and understanding who your good shepherd is now. You need some discipleship. So take a moment to fill that out. Let them help you with that. In this room, same thing as well. If you need prayer for anything, man, we'd love to pray with you. You can do that. Some of our pastors are online as well. I know it's kind of tough. We're talking about how to, man, get it where we can pray for people and stuff without everybody being, you know, whatever. If that's what you need, if you need prayer for something, you let me know. Listen, I'll come over here. I'll pray with you. I'm not, I ain't worried about whatever. All right, so. If you need prayer and you're just hearing, it's like, look, Pastor Jody, I, I just need some prayer today, okay? I need some prayer today. I just think it's, it's one of those things that, look, you got to put aside and just say it is what it is. If you're here, you need that. We're about to dismiss. I'll be down here. I'll be glad to pray with you. And anyone else who feels comfortable on our prayer team will do that as well. If you don't, please do not do it if you don't feel comfortable. If you do, you need prayer, I'll be glad to pray with you, okay? So love you guys so much. Before we go, I want to pray this over you. Speak this blessing over you right here out of Numbers. <clears throat> Numbers chapter 6. Verse 24, it says this, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Man, that's our prayer for you. God bless you guys so much. We'll see you next week.
If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.